Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. And we are back. Thank you once again for joining us. This is Todd Sylvester, your host of the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks to all my sponsors. You guys are amazing. And thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for tuning in week after week. We are we're killing it. And it's because of the amazing guests that we have on and your amazing support in pushing their messages out to as many people as we can. Today's going to be no different. Today, we're joined by the best-selling author, We Are All Paralyzed, the remarkable true story of choosing life after four life-threatening accidents, Brandon Solser. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So a little background on uh, Brandon. Uh, this book's amazing, by the way, and we're going to talk, we're going to pull from this book, but uh, Brandon is known as a giant killer, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> people, people, people seek his help because he helps change their lives. He, he helps youth and adults find their cause and purpose to embrace their God-given gifts, to overcome their own personal Goliaths, as he would say, our own personal adversity and, you know, and, and mountains that may be in our way. He says that we are all born to be king and queens. He has a master's degree in social work. Uh, he, again, he's a best-selling author. He has 11 plus years as a licensed professional counselor and 21 plus years as a public speaker to, again, to youth and adults going through trials and tribulations. Um, he helps those who are struggling with pornography and adversity. And really the bottom line, Brandon should not be here. It's one thing to go through one life-threatening accident, but he's been through four. And, and, the, and, and they really are four life-threatening uh, accidents. And we're going to get more into that. And he, he's a man of faith, a man of God. And I love, Brandon, your passion for helping other people. That inspires me. And I'm, it's just a, a great honor for me that I'm sitting here looking at you and I get to hear your story today. Uh, well, thanks for that very warm uh, introduction. I appreciate that. That, that. that means the world to me. And thank you. Uh, everyone, maybe we, we all have our trials in life. None of us are immune. Yeah. And, you know, just, just listening to what you had to say, I really believe that it's the culmination of, of who we are. Is The culmination of who we are are from the results uh, of the very incidents that we, would, that we would wish away. Let me say that again. The culmination of who we are the direct result of the very incidences we would wish away. Gotcha. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my challenges. I want to be speaking to you. Wow. There's, there's a gift in our challenges. Yeah. And people come to me oftentimes, Brandon, I'm struggling. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> because, right. Because there is, there is no growth without discomfort. You yeah. have to have it. Right. And I, for me, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of my storms in life and what I've had to go through. But, but I want people to really hear this when I say it's the storm and how we endure the waves that lead us to the promised land. Wow. It's the storm. Yeah. It's a storm. The very challenges you're going through is the very thing you need to make you a better person, 
to lead you closer to God, mm. to lead you closer to who you want would like to be. It's the storm. And I've just learned to embrace my storms. Yeah, that's beautifully said, Brandon. And, you know, it's one of the things I'll even say to my clients, life happens for us. And I feel the same way, Brandon. What I've been through in my life has led to this very moment to be able to speak to you. And uh, and, and many of our listeners listening to this are going to totally resonate with the adversities that you've been through. Why don't we start off? Why don't we let tell our listeners where, where did you grow up and tell us a little bit about who you were as a child and kind of the things you were into back then. Yeah, I, I had a pretty good, beautiful upbringing. I, I, I'm born from amazing parents that uh, have loved me and, and guided me throughout the whole process. Um, I grew up in Bountiful, Utah. I was born in Bountiful, Utah. Okay. And then we moved quite a bit growing up. I, I lived in Tennessee for a little while and uh, mm-hmm. loved that experience. Um, lived in Colorado. And then we moved back to Utah. But growing up, I was very active, very active in sports, in life, um, until my life started to change pretty dramatically at the age of 12. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I want to read something from your book regarding when you were younger. It was actually sixth grade. And I want to read this. And then I want, to, I want you to kind of expand on this because I think you know, we can read this and go, oh, yeah, that's cute. He was in sixth grade. But man, at the time, this was really a challenge for you. And I'm going to read. This is on page three. It says, one day at school, after walking to the bathroom, I noticed a list of somebody had taped on the bathroom mirror. It read the hottest boys in sixth grade. The list was written by a few of the sixth grade girls, was numbered one through 15. My eyes perked up with excitement as I began scanning the list in hopes that my name was on it. As my fingers slid down the list, my confidence and self-esteem sunk along with it. My name was not on the sheet. I yearned for verification that I not only existed at this school, but it was also liked. I looked at myself in the mirror and then back at the list and my head fell low. Reluctantly, I walked back to the new classroom wishing I were back in Colorado. So this was after, again, one of the moves that you were mentioning. Yeah. So give us a little background on that because that's a, you know, we, we can kind of maybe chuckle at it now because we're adults, but at the time, man, that's a, that's a heavy thing for a sixth grader. It is. It is a heavy thing. I mean, being bullied and, 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 uh, and being validated in such a negative way would affect anybody. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know if we actually ever grow out of that, be frank. Yeah. Um, when I was that age, my validation came from what other people thought of me. Mm. You know, I am with what people think of me. I am with how I look. I need to be validated. How often do we need to be validated still on our daily basis when we're adults? Right. You know, that's, that's, that's what we call ego, right? Living in our ego. Yeah. And I was in my ego waiting and wanting to be validated on my, by my outside circumstances. Right. And I learned at a young age that how terrible and how difficult life is, is when I am reliant upon my outside circumstances to tell me who I am and how I should feel. Right. And at that age, it hit me hard. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just came back from school where, I own the school. I mean, literally, it was, right. I mean, the book, it said, I just want a dancing competition, which is funny <laughs> now, even saying that now, because here I am in a wheelchair. <laughs> right. Loved it. 
but the change that I experienced wasn't wasn't the change that I, 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 had, I had wanted to receive in life with my circumstances. And I based everything on the outside. And that was really hard for me. Yeah. And I think most people can re- relate with what you're saying. I think we all go through that. And what I love about you, though, is like you said just earlier about these storms that we go through. And it's what leads us to the promised land, like you said, or to God and and to, to understanding and improving our lives. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about, Brandon. I have so many questions, but I do want to get, let's talk about, I mean, you've been through four life-threatening accidents. If you could kind of walk us through that and just, you know, maybe share whatever you feel comfortable with on those four okay. things and those four experiences that you went through. Sure. Um, all right, buckle up. I'll try yeah. to explain it. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all started when I was 12. I had, uh, as we just were done uh, talking about, I had just moved from Colorado and Utah and, and I was desperately trying to fit in. Yeah. Here I am at a situation at school where I'm not getting the validation that I yearned for. I wanted to fit in. My parents uh, counseled me to wear a helmet. Uh, back then, yeah. and I'm not that old, but even, even <laughs> kind of back then, helmets weren't that big of a thing. Now helmets are a cool thing. There's no peer pressure with that anymore, thankfully, uh, with wearing one. Uh, So I wanted to fit in with my Boy Scout troop, and I loved Scouts. And so I knew no one else was going to wear a helmet, and I didn't want to because I wanted to be validated. I wanted to fit in. Yeah. And so I went and went up a a canyon called Mueller Park Canyon. For those that are familiar with the Bountiful area, Mueller Park Canyon is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful single track trail and um, very popular mountain bike trail and there's some nice campgrounds at the very top of the, of the mountain. So my intention was, is I'm going to try to fit in and I'm going to bring my helmet, wink, wink. I'm not going to wear it. Yeah. And uh, that whole, that whole experience went well. I, I didn't crash at all. And we camped out and right before we're getting to the base of the, of the trail where the road starts, I had this interesting impression. Uh, for someone that's 12, it was unusual for me. Yeah. I told everyone around me, hey, guys, go ahead without me. I just need to get off my bike. I, not necessarily to let him know why, but I just felt the love that God had for me. If you guys, I'm sure you have too, you've never been in a beautiful place and you're just like awestruck yeah. of the beauty. I had to kind of be still for a moment and, mm. and just appreciate that. I felt so close to heaven. And at 12, it was a beautiful thing and something that not, is not necessarily always on a 12-year-old's mind at that time. Right. <laughs> so I basically said a prayer, just thanking God just for the experience of of just the beauty that I'm, I'm, I'm around with. And of course I have to pray to help us you know, fit in. And, yeah. and I got on my bike and shortly thereafter, I got down to the bottom of the trail and I just felt uneasy. Like something was going to happen. And then it does. And I black out. And wow. when I blacked out my head, my right side of my head by the temple tagged the corner of a con- corner of a concrete curb oh wow and i wake up and i'm surrounded by a lady in a bathrobe 
That's not something you would expect. Right. After, you know, crashing <laughs> on a bike in the middle of nowhere, really. Almost. <laughs> right. She, she was getting ready, bless her soul. She was getting ready in the morning mm. and in the bathroom, and she heard the crash. And I was maybe 500 yards away from the house. I was the closest house around. Right. She heard it, thankfully. And so she saw me, and I'm just, I'm just knocked out completely. She called the ambulance. So when I come to, I'm bleeding profusely from my head. My Boy Scout troops around me, and I wanted to talk. I said, guys, I had an amazing experience. I can't, I need to tell you who I saw and, and, and who I, what I saw and who I was talking to. I was beside myself with energy and excitement. Wow. The paramedics like Brandon, you're, you've got a bad concussion. Calm down. <laughs> you have plenty of time to tell the story. Yeah. And so they loaded me into the ambulance and off I went down the hill. When I got to the uh, hospital, my parents were there waiting for me, my mom and dad, and they were concerned. And I told my mom, I have something that I really would like to tell you, this main experience I had. And, and right when I was about ready to say that, I had a x-ray a technician or a nurse come and grab me, take me in a wheelchair. Mm. And I was in about an hour worth of x-rays. When I got back, my mom was really eager to hear what I had to say. Yeah. And the only way I explained in the book, it was like, it's, it's like someone just wiped my memory clean. It was like a still, like, <laughs> I understand when they say about still portions, because yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like they sealed a portion in my mind. Okay. No different than how our minds are sealed when we come down here, you know, to live in mortality. Yeah. I felt that way. But I knew that was what was ever behind that experience was glorious and beautiful. Mm. And what I think I, I added in the book, and I, I might be misquoting myself now, but whatever I felt, I believe that my spirit, looking back, my spirit needed to understand how much our Heavenly Father and our Savior loves us. Mm. And overarching feeling is the beginning of my heartache is also the beginning of theirs. Right. Wow. So that night I go home and I am literally on my deathbed. Literally. That's how I'm feeling. My parents are saying, they, the doctor said, you're okay. Hey, Brandon. But when I was saying that, I feel like I'm going to die. Like all the, uh, pig, I, I went ghostly white. It, it looked like I was, I was deaf. And so they took it seriously. And I said, dad, I need a patriarchal blessing. I told them, I feel like, I'm not sorry. I need a priesthood blessing. I told them that I feel like my spirit wants to escape my body. Really? And I felt like I was holding it in. Okay. And so he gave me a blessing that night and it was beautiful. And afterwards I felt, okay, I'm not fighting death, but I still wasn't right. Yeah. So anyway, they, we wake up a few hours later, get that. I'm still not doing right. We go into the hospital. They look at me and then I press against my scalp. My fingers sinking in the scalp like a sponge. And like, okay, there's oh. something going on here. Yeah. They take me to a CAT scan. And that's when everything changed. Mm. They run out. 
yelling at themselves that someone's going to die in any second and that someone was me and they rushed me out to uh helicopter and and uh i tell my mom and dad goodbye and the doctors were worried that i wouldn't make it to the hospital wow but me and my mom and dad had a very powerful spiritual spiritual experience that night that we knew that the lord literally saved my life that night mm -hmm. that's how that's how i felt yeah. so i knew we would initially take it in a helicopter <laughs> so I had, I don't know, eight, nine, many, many hours of, of brain surgery. When I don't remember much afterwards. I had a traumatic, uh, traumatic brain injury, had a uh, subdermal hematoma. Mm. You usually die within 24 hours of this, and it's been well past that. Yeah. The surgeon came to me, uh, and that's the only thing I really remember. And he, with this team of surgeons, and this guy was brilliant. I mean, Talk about a gift that he had. He, well known for his life-saving procedures. He knew exactly how to save someone's life. He, uh, he excelled in it. In fact, he expected it. He drilled into my skull. And when he did, he found that someone had already, this is what he said, someone had already beat him to it. Really? Said, Brandon, I'm not, a, I'm not a religious person, but what I experienced was a miracle. Your main artery was completely severed. And he said, it's like, it's like, it's like stopping an outside faucet full blast with a ballpoint needle, like a little needle. Right. It doesn't happen. But our surgeons and us believe that it was really a miracle, but a blood clot probably developed uh, sometime last evening. Yeah. Or, or the evening before I rushed into to surgery. Well, me and my dad and mom look at that and we go, we know exactly. <laughs> why that blood clot developed yeah it was miraculous now wow that's that amazing. miracle didn't save me from the trials that laid ahead yeah as it says in the book you know it took me really five years when i'm speak again i try to do my spelling my math and i struggled immensely man five years uh and but again at the same time having that profound experience i've heard this a lot with people who have had near-death experiences like that where they witness something so amazing, but they still have to go through the pain, the suffering, the trial, yeah. like you just said. And wow, thank you for sharing that part. Um, so this goes on and, you know, here you are, you're now, are you still, you're, you're 12, 13 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, did that affect your learning or anything moving forward? Did you feel like, you know, it slowed everything down for you? Or did you kind of pick up where you left off once you kind of started feeling healthy again no it, it completely changed my learning every every aspect of it i i struggled in every subject and for what was you know a's and b's easily now i was fighting hard to get d's and c's yeah wow it changed me completely yeah and uh how was your and, emotional state brandon yeah. were you like how were, were you depressed were you because again, that's a tough thing for a young kid to go through. So how is your spirit at that point? I mean, how are you feeling about things emotionally? Absolutely. I was depressed. I, I was, I mentioned in the book that I, at times I thought about saying goodbye completely. I was that mm -hmm. depressed. I wasn't able to fit in. I, I couldn't speak. If, if we take ourselves back to that, 
when we're in junior high, that's probably the roughest time anyway for our life, right. trying to find out who we are. For sure. And if you see girls talk and guys talk that age, it's like a beehive of noise. Yeah. And you've got to have a fast processor brain to make sense <laughs> of all of it. Yeah, for sure. And mine was slow. And so they would look at me and they would wait for me to talk. But by the time I got my words out, they were on to the next subject. So they learned to ignore me. And I learned to ignore myself a little bit too. And I made yeah. it worse. Man. I made it much worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it all really, it, it all changed, came to a head, I really believe, is is uh, when I talk about the dance. Yeah. The high school dance. Yeah, share that experience. That that was, yeah, share that. That was quite the moment for you. <laughs> and yeah. tell us tell us what that was and then just kind of how that really helped you kind of, you know, maybe break out of yeah. some of these emotional setbacks you were feeling. Yeah. Well, again, I know we've already talked about the ego, but I was in the ego again. That's a mistake we always make because it's natural. Yeah. It's natural for us to want to, to, to find what our identity is based upon what our hands can hold on to. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? What, what, what people think of us. And that's how I was living the life, my life. And I was terribly miserable. Mm. I had a girl, her name was, I'm not sure who I named her in the book, just to save her name, but right. um, be- beautiful, beautiful girl that uh, liked me. And, and I, I was thrilled about that over the moon. So my goal was is to ask her to to dance, uh, to a, to a stomp. And I was nervous. I was really nervous because I knew what that would take from me. I, I would have to speak, and that's very challenging for me. Yeah. And so I got myself in a position where I thought I could pull it off. So if we could all go back in time and just like just relive this moment because we've all been there. Junior high school dances are very awkward in many aspects. For me, it's like, it's like the ocean. You got, you're separated by size, all right? And when there's a fast song, the ocean, fish are swimming around, everyone's happy. Yeah. So I'm at this dance and I'm really struggling uh, just to find any sense of meaning, any sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Failing at grades, couldn't couldn't put a sentence together. No one, I was bullied uh, to some extent, and I bullied myself because I didn't believe in myself. Yeah. Because I, I just was struggling, and so here I go, and I'm just waiting for the DJ to, to drop a slow song, and I'm <laughs> dancing next to her, not to be too creepy, but knowing that I've got to be close enough to get first dibs. <laughs> I'm just a seventh grader. Right. And ninth graders are the sharks. They get first grabs. <laughs> and, and the ladies don't have any easier too because when there's a slow song, they have to brace themselves for the influx of these boys coming after them. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I got there and uh, got first dibs. It was, it was a great song. I think it was like Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day or something. And, <laughs> and I go up. And I'm just, oh, it's like storybook. It's happening. It's happening. She's looking at me. She's smiling. She can't, she can't wait for me to say what I have to say. I get up there and I say, I couldn't say anything. Right. And some eighth grader saw me in my distress and went in and, and swooped her away and off she went. 
Mm. And uh, yeah. for me, that was a big deal. And yeah. I slowly walked out of there and then ran with tears coming down my cheeks to the bathroom. Mm. And what happened in that boy's bathroom changed me completely. I grabbed my head and I said, Brandon, you've got to be with me. I can't make it without you. Where are you? Yeah. I was mad. Like, where are you? I need you to be confident. And so I did something. I was struggling and, and I, there, there's a quote that I love and it's not as a 12 year old, I'm thinking this, but just looking back at it, it fits it perfectly. Yeah. Um, it talks about the two hungers, you know, there's, there's this quote by, I think it's the African Bush people there. And they talk about two hungers. One is a little hunger and the other one's a great hunger. The little hunger is a hunger to feed the belly. And the great hunger is a hunger for meaning. Mm. I, at that time, Brandon, me, I had to find what is the meaning of this Lord? Why am I struggling so much? I can't yeah. even ask a girl to a dance. Yeah. So I did something. I needed to find my meaning. So I knelt in, in, in his bathroom. I knelt and I said a prayer. And I realized then is that being still might be the most important action you take when you're struggling to be yeah. still. Yeah. The Lord talks about that a lot. Be still, know that I am. Mm. I had to be still to know that, no, to feel of his love, but to be still enough to know what I am. And so I, I, I gave, I said a prayer and just asked and something interesting happened. I, I, I understood that if I can choose to love God, then my peaceful purpose will follow. Right. My purpose will. Yeah. And so I had prayed, I got back up and I really felt loved. And I saw my life in a way that I've never saw it before. I saw my life as someone who is married to the girl of his dreams, who has, who is yeah. a righteous father, who is a leader, who is a leader, like, and who yeah. actually enjoys speaking. I yeah. saw all of that. Right. And for me, it brought me love and I felt love. Mm. And so I ran out of there and I felt love, love for who I was. Mm. Not, not, not basing my situation on what others thought of me, but what I thought yeah. of myself. Yeah. And I've later, you know, throughout the years, I've, I've turned that love into an acronym that I love. Okay. And love is an action, right? Mm -hmm. In the book, I, it said that I didn't run away. I got up and I went yeah. down there and I asked her and it went beautifully because yeah. I chose love. Wow. So what does that look like? This is an acronym that I love to teach. L is loving thoughts, loving thoughts and loving actions. O is being optimistic, optimistic yeah. of who you are, optimistic of, 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 of who you are and optimistic of your future. Yeah. B is validating. Is what I'm thinking validating me? Is it validating my best intentions? Ooh. And then E, is it edifying? Is what I'm doing, is it going to make me a better person? Wow. 
That is awesome. I, I love the simplicity of it, but yet the power of it as well, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I learned that, okay, I, I can get through this. If yeah. I just choose to love me, love my weaknesses and my strengths, yeah. love for what it can teach me. And truth be told, I think the Lord and I needed to learn this because what was coming ahead would be, it'd be so much harder to deal with if I didn't understand that principle of embracing your purpose, believing yourself, making sure that your thoughts are what determines your happiness and no one else's. Yeah. And that really helped me get prepared for what was to come. Man. And boy, yeah, what was to come? That is the, that is the profound statement right there. And what was coming your way? I mean, no one would ever, you couldn't make this up. You know, you no. go, I mean, here you are, you almost die from that. And then you've had three more life threatening. Yeah. And again, there's so much we want to talk about. I do want you to touch base on those. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you're in a wheelchair, you're paralyzed. That's why you've titled this book. We are all paralyzed yep. by our bad choices, our circumstances, our illnesses, mm -hmm. you know, not, you know, just, you know, that ego gets us trapped, all that stuff. So yep. if you don't mind, Brandon, I, and I go, I know this is not the easiest thing, but if you can share those three events, but then also briefly, yeah, just like you're doing now, I love it because mm -hmm. what I'm loving more about this is the principles and the, these truths that you've learned through the, this is, uh, this is just gold. I'm, I'm taking like tons of notes here. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. So <laughs> if you wouldn't mind doing it that way. And then uh, obviously we'll, we'll, you know, we'll wrap this all together. It'll be amazing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, I was 18 and, and life was good. I was finally getting over the somewhat of the effects of my traumatic brain injury and and I was loving life, loving life to every extent. I love the outdoors, love it. And I valued my body. Like, yeah, you know, a house divided cannot stand. That's what Abraham Lincoln says, right? Yeah. My house was not divided. For the first time, my soul, my body were in alignment. And I was thriving on both elements. I was working out and I was working out spiritually and physically and it was going great. I had an experience before I had this horrible accident at a gym one, one morning mm -hmm. is I was working out and I, the Holy ghost is essentially telling me, Brandon, you've got to work out your neck. And to me, I thought that was just insane. I, I, I was most focused on my <laughs> biceps, my shoulders, right. like it was up at the neck. You're like my neck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My neck. Like why? And, um, <laughs> but it was that still small voice, that whisper. And I learned from my head accident that in order for me to, to really, to really feel that I had to be still. So mm. I just, I just, I just block out everything and just still, I'm just like, okay, what is the feeling? What is this? You're trying to, you know, impress upon me. And it was working out my neck and, and gratefully, I know there's some, some funny stories about that, but gratefully I did because that's what ended up saving my life. Um, so we went down to Lake Powell and uh, very popular destination. And I was with my family and, and uh, some friends and 
we were down there for a week and everything was going great beautifully. It was, it was just amazing having a great time. And I remember going up a Canyon called Moki Canyon and uh, told my yeah. sister, see that big sand hill, I'm going to run down it. And sure enough, um, that's what we, that's what I did. I, I was getting ready to serve a mission. And so I didn't want to do anything too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got up there, but when I got up, when I climbed the hill, I didn't realize how hot the sun was, especially on the feet, uh, right. the sand. And so we decided to run down the hill, the safest option. And I'm running down side by side, and there's literally a photo of it in the book, uh, yep. just seconds before it happened. Yeah. And I'm getting ready to dive in head first. I see my two friends dive in head first. I'm about ready to do that. Suddenly something tragically happens. My legs get tangled up in the sand and it forces me down the hill awkwardly. Mm. And it's the only way I described it. It was like, it's like watching a sprinter dive across the finish line. I oh, tried okay. to just maneuver myself enough to, to hopefully ah, get enough distance between me and the sand hill to dive into the water. I thought I made the right adjustment. So I dove in somewhat confidently. And when I did, I dove into a shallow sandbank that oh. uh, I didn't realize. Oh, man. And immediately my neck broke, snapped. Felt like a bolt of lightning struck my body. And here I am. I do a somersault out of the water and land, you know, yards further um, down in the lake. And then I'm sinking. Mm. And I am dying thinking this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to be cart bait. And the worst thoughts for me is the worst experience for me was hearing my mother screaming, uh, watching that whole thing happen. Oh. And uh, just, just try it. Just the saddest thing you could hear. My friend grabbed me, swam out and grabbed me before I sunk any lower. Took me over, and there I laid motionless. And within that time, I fully understood what it means for taking life for granted. How often do we take life for granted to be able to move our fingers, be able to walk, get dressed? I know I sure do. I think we all do. For sure, yeah. I mean, just you saying this, Brandon, I can feel I got a pit in my stomach uh, about what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize that there were privileges until I lost them. And I didn't want to lose them. And I was still hoping on for hope. And there's a lot that, there's a lot that happened in, in that whole experience. One thing that was really struck me that I guess I could share is I had an experience where there were two doctors from Colorado that were sought and they were going to diagnose me in front of everyone. And it felt like in front of the whole world because there were so many people there. And they said, Brandon, we're going to pinch your toe and you can feel it. That's great news. Say yes. Well, that kind of set me up because everyone's looking at me. And, yeah. and, uh, and so they start pinching my toe. It's like, can you feel it? I'm like, really? Like, I, and they're all looking at me. And, and the only answer that I could say to make everything okay would be a yes. But I said, no. So they would draw a line, uh, like a marker, black, mark, black marker. They go to my legs, Brandon, can you feel that? I said, no. And as they're making this mark, it's like they're ruthlessly taking away my life, what I thought it was going to be, away from me and everyone else. 
I'm I'm reliving like, well, there goes walking, there goes fishing, oh. there goes playing sports. I'm reliving what they're taking away. It was like a giant ladder of doom. My goodness. And it goes out to my waist, kids, maybe, uh, my dignity, my waist. Well, six pack, uh, my ability to, 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 to breathe, yeah. my stability. It went all the way up to my shoulders. And the last words I remember saying is, you know, dear God, I've lost it all. I've lost it all. Man. And off I went after that. And this, this helicopter, all alone. It was so hot, I couldn't even bring my mom. I wanted my mom so bad. Oh. It was just me and a nurse's pilot. And I'm leaking over to my side and I'm looking down at my family. But it's more than that. I'm looking down at a life that I thought I envisioned right there. Yeah. As if I'm looking down at my body, knowing that that life that I envisioned just took a dramatic change at 18. Jeez. And I was struggling to cope with that. I was uh, life-flighted to Hanksville, I believe. Yeah, it's a small town outside of Lake Powell. Waited there for an hour. Airplane picked me up to fly me to Flag International Airport. I'm just in the gutter, um, focusing on what I've lost. And I'm just really depressed. And a bolt of lightning struck the plane when I'm really at my deepest moment. <laughs> and scared of me, scared of the nurse. Like, Pop's like, oh, we're flying through a thunderstorm. <laughs> in a way i'm like okay maybe that's that's heaven's way of saying brandon it can get worse so <laughs> i uh wow. i waited till i landed and oh my gosh just complain at least and uh off i went to surgery and then my life completely changed um quite dramatically and i had an experience where i was all alone and i was hooked up to life support everywhere uh, all sorts of devices. I had no idea what they were used for. All I knew is they were used to keep me alive. Right. If you can imagine me paralyzed from your neck on down, you're not able to use your stomach muscles to breathe. And so I couldn't, couldn't breathe on my own. I was in a halo. Um, couldn't go to the bathroom. A lot, a lot changed. And I'm in a dark, dark, dark place. Wow. Mentally, physically, and spiritually. Yeah. I fully believe that our lives, when we look back at our lives, we will have moments within our book of life that we can point to and say, there is when I made a decision Yeah. to stand spiritually, to choose God in my life, mm. when the last thing I wanted to do was to do just that. I was so down for the first time in a long time well for the first time in forever really yeah my heart wanted to run away from god i was so mad so angry it was fear i was feasting off of yeah fear does something to you and i maybe i can explain it this way for everyone that does struggle with fear because fear and anger are the same thing Fear for me, F, makes you forget your purpose. Yeah. Makes you forget yourself. E, I fully believe in, in fear, is then we escape. 
We escape from our purpose because we forget it. A is then we act out. We act out in negative ways. Wow. We don't know our purpose when we escape, we act out. Then ours, when we do, we have regret. I was kind of going down this path my, my own. And I realized that I'm going to regret this. This is a moment that my posterity and I will look at and say, this is Brandon. Lord, judge me on this one. Yeah. Judge me on this experience. And so I, uh, the only words I could, I could just mouth words out of my mouth. I couldn't sing. And so I started seeing come thy fount of every blessing. And as it goes on, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. I was giving my heart to God. Knowing that I didn't want this. But I believed that in God. I believed that the Lord would make me a better person because of it. And I am going to give my heart to you. And as the song goes on, here I raise my Ebenezer. Yeah. Before I was raised my Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. I was <laughs> negative. Yeah. This is an Ebenezer that's not that. And this Ebenezer talks about your monument of faith. Yeah. I raised my monument of faith that evening saying, Lord, I will go where you want me to go. I will rely upon you to teach me all that you must through this accident. I will try to look for the gift in this, this horrible, horrible situation. Wow. And I will press forward. And I did. I did. And that's the beauty, really, yeah. is that oftentimes we feel like, oh, I don't have any motivation to do this. Well, neither did I. Right. What I did have is I had willpower. Yeah. Willpower is based upon what's deep inside of you, that purpose. I chose that. I chose that. And I chose my faith. Wow. And what's interesting, and, and I don't know if you can, if for those who can see me, is I learned a few things from just being in a wheelchair. That And I learned so much, and that's, that's why right. I, I teach what I teach. But here's one thing that I've learned. When I got in a wheelchair, I quickly realized something. It's that nothing in life is ever level, right. nor is it ever fair. <laughs> right. I mean, I live here in Bountiful, like up on a hill. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I come on. Like, this is not, not easy for me. So when I'm, and at the hospital, I was at LDS Hospital, that sucker is on a hill. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So every time I'm outside, I feel something. Yeah. I've got to always have my hands on the wheel because if I'm not, I allow the gravity of whatever circumstance I'm in to pull me downhill. Yeah. I want you to really think like for those listening, like how did we live in mortality with gravity? It's always trying to pull us down. But 
as we allow it to. With me, I've always got to keep my hands on my willpower. My willpower. If I let go of that, I allow the gravity of my situation to take me downhill. We all have willpower. It's W-I-L-L, power. And if you look it up in the Webster Dictionary, it's the ability to control your thoughts and behavior in difficult circumstances. That's what willpower is. Yeah. And I learned, the Lord was teaching me through difficulties, Brandon, hold on to your willpower. And I did. My willpower came from my thoughts and my behavior about everything. And I was holding on, pushing toward what? I'm pushing toward my purpose. Yeah. Wow. And so it taught me so many great things, but, but uh, I had to be open to be able to receive those, those lessons. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. That was powerful. I love what you I mean, you're amazing. And I know you, you don't want to maybe necessarily, I just, you're amazing in the sense that you made those decisions in those difficult moments because you could have easily have gone the other way. And, and, and we know where that would lead to, um, you know, obviously more depression, more anxiety, more fear, more. And I love how you broke down fear, forgetting who we are, escaping from our purpose, yeah. acting out and then regretting what we did. That yeah. is amazing. I've never heard it that way, by the way. That's really oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it comes from um, a scripture that talks about that God didn't uh, create our spirits in fear, but spirits of love. Yeah. And, and at power. And so, okay, well, I'm not fear. I'm, I'm feeling that that's not of me. That's yeah. of the adversary. Yeah. That, and, that scripture is second Timothy chapter one, verse there seven. There you go. Thank you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I just shared yeah. it with the youth a couple of weeks ago. So that's why yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So like literally like how often, how great is it that we get to choose to be the light to the darkness spheres, but it's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. And I had to choose it. Because if I didn't, I would allow my circumstances too. And from my past experiences, from my head accident, I allowed my circumstances to dictate how I should feel. Yeah. I'm not going to do that again. That allows the darkness to choose. Yeah. I'm going to be that I am the light. And that light that radiates is from God. And, and, and I am the light. And so the, so the focus of my life is going to determine my joy. Wow. Am I focused on myself or am I focused on what others think? Wow. But very well said. I love that. You know, um, there's a few, a couple other points I want to, I want to, from your book, um, it's coming out of the chapter, uh, hitting rock bottom and holding on. And you had just, yeah. you, you had just done, I mean, had, you know, there, you probably had several rock bottoms along the way, but this one is one where, you had just finishing talking to a group uh, and one of the religious leaders came up and approached you and said, Brandon, that was amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing <laughs> this. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then you would, um, as he turned to walk away, you notice this beautiful blonde haired girl walking up to the front of the room to shake your hand when immediately you made a connection and started talking back and forth and out of the corner of your eye, you notice that religious leader quickly making his way back up to you and interrupting the conversation. And, you know, you smiled at him and you said, and you realized it was his daughter. And you said, you have a beautiful daughter. And then what before, what before was praise and kindness towards you turned into a look of worry and concern. And sadly, that, that look was one I was becoming more accustomed to, uh, of seeing. And yeah, 
explain that moment. And I know that's, that's a big question I'm saying here, but man, here you are, you just got through sharing the spirit, man, <laughs> rocking people's world, so to speak. And you have this girl come up and saying, Hey, that was awesome. And then basically her dad trying to shut this conversation down. And then you go into how like you, this kind of led to just feeling like, man, I've hit rock bottom here. Yeah, sure. You know, when you think that you're serving God, you'll, you think, well, then people are going to see me in a positive light. And here I am serving. And all I wanted to do was just uplift others. And, right. and they saw that. But then yeah. they also saw the reality as well. And, and it, 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 you know, people judge, but they don't understand. Right. And, and, and uh, that's what was going on with, with his perspective. He was judging and didn't understand really. I mean, and look at fathers want the best for their daughters. I had to see it through his eyes. Right. But I knew that if I was walking, it would have been a much different story. And that was hard for me because I can only be who I am. Right. I can't yeah. change the reality. And of course, that, that, that hurt me. That hurt me a lot. But every time something like that happened, I just felt, well, that, that just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I, I don't want, like... I don't want a father-in-law like that. <laughs> you know? I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah. if, if, if I'm going to fall in love with someone, I want them to love me and yeah. see me. And that's up to him. And I got to be okay with that. I can't control that. Yeah. I can't control that. So, and you know, the moral of the story is I'm married. I'm getting married here in August. Congratulations. Yes. That's awesome. And she is a uh, beautiful, beautiful inside and out yeah everything that i could have ever hoped for and imagined to have in a wife that's who she is wow and i love it's it it's something that i created it's something that i looked at yeah and i created it and people are like saying well what does it mean to create it i saw it i saw it yes. when i was in my head accident you know and i experienced the praying I didn't mention it in the book because, it's, but I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. And I saw it. And so my whole life, I've tried to live from that, what I want to be and live from it rather than hope to become it. And so like right now I'm living like I'm walking. Yeah. Because I'm living from it. I'm seeing myself walking and I'm like, okay, if I see myself walking. How do I act and how happy? I, well, I'm really happy. Right. I'm really happy. <laughs> Great. Well, why can't I be that now? Because yeah. if I'm not now, then that'll surely happen because I'm right. being it now. Man, love it. Yeah. Wow. Be it now. That is what it, we we can make a bumper sticker out of that, right? Be it now. <laughs> be it now. Absolutely. Be it now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, what I what I find interesting is I'm listening to your story and re and, and reading your book, which by the way is fascinating. Listeners, you got to get this book, and we'll talk here in just a minute of how you can get this book. But it's interesting when you went to that bathroom in sixth grade and you didn't make the hot boys list. So there, there's a challenge there, not yeah. feeling like you're good enough with, with the, with the opposite sex. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, 
And then you have the experience at the dance, right? Uh, where you're, you know, you were timid and were scared to even talk to her. And then you have this experience with another girl, <laughs> um, you know, it's just yeah. interesting how you had these moments in between these tragic life-threatening events that had to deal with connecting with someone. And I just found that interesting. I don't know if you, you probably already knew this, but I just, man, I really just started connecting the dots as you've been talking here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> it's it interesting. I mean, that's how our life is though. It's like when we're in the heat of the battle, it doesn't make sense. But like, when we look back, right. it's like, oh, I can see why. Yeah. I've gone through these things. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. But the thing I, I've always tried to do is like, I was saying, think like a prisoner, stay a prisoner. I wasn't going to stay a prisoner. Oh man. I love that. Man. I love I'm not going to be a prisoner of what other people perceive me to be. That's their reality. It's not mine. Wow. That is, that is very, I love that because it's so simple, but yet so powerful um, yeah. in, in how powerful our thoughts can be. Right. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. It's at the end of the day, it's all about our thoughts Yep. and what thoughts we choose to self-identify with. Yeah. Cause that's all they are is thoughts. What one do I want? Well, I choose to identify with the thoughts that align with my purpose. Yeah. Man. And it's no different than like, that's why people call me the giant killer because <laughs> I love that you kill your giant from the inside out with your thoughts. David wow. killed Goliath. How did David kill Goliath? Well, was he big and strong? No, not really. He was a small dude, but <laughs> he was strong from the inside out. How do I know that? Because in Samuel, it says one quote that I love, and he says, you know, everyone, they always big, like big, strong military guys that, that lived their whole life being warriors. They were afraid to go up against him. Right. And he looked at him and he said, is there not a cause? He knew his purpose. Yeah. He knew what he was here for. And then he knew his God-given gifts. Man. And he embraced those. And then he defeated because he knew he had nothing to fear. He knew the cause. He knew whose team he was on and he, he believed in himself. Yeah. That is so well said, uh, Brandon. I love that. I love that so much. You know, you've shared uh, many great things and I know there, we could sit and talk for four or five hours on I go what, hours. what you've been through and yeah. you really are a remarkable human being. And I know you give credit to your God, your father in heaven. And that's another reason why I think you're amazing is that you're so humble about it at the same time. Um, if there's someone listening to you right now who is in a very dark place, who wants to not be here, what would you tell them right now? Hmm. First of all, I'll tell them that they're loved. That their Savior loves them. Second, I would tell them that they're creators. They have within their DNA, divinity. And the reality that they see is not the reality that the Lord sees, nor is it the reality that their heart wants. 
I think so often we, we get caught in our minds, our thoughts, the ego, natural man lives. Yeah. For those that are struggling, don't ask yourself what you feel like doing or what you would like to do. Ask yourself who you want to be. Because that goes to the heart. Yeah. Secondly, I froze to death. I made a horrible decision after I broke my neck, which is a whole other story. Um, I made a bad decision. We all make bad decisions. That's okay. It's what we learn from them. You know, it's falling forward. I have a saying, I, I, I froze to death and that's a whole other story. It's in the book, but I saw a fork in the road. Yogi Berra once said that take a fork. Whenever you see a fork in the road, what does he say? Take it. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Take it. Horrible, 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 horrible advice. Horrible advice. We always tend to take the fork in the road without thinking. Yeah. For those that are struggling, I would say this. When you're struggling in the darkness, find your own way. Take the path that leads you home. Take the path that leads you closer to God. Mm-hmm. Take the path that leads you closer to your goals. Take the path that leads you closer to who you want to be. That's what I would say. Love it. No, very well said, man. I'm just get, I'm getting emotional here. Thank you, Brandon. Wow. You just have such a great spirit about you. I know I'm sure you hear this a thousand times, but Thank you. you just have such a good, you know, you, you feel safe. You feel, you just, I don't know, man, you're amazing. Um, in your book, there's a, I, it's towards the end of your book. You have, it's a one line. It says for God loves broken things and broken things love God. When I read that, I was like, wow, again, another profound truth. Yeah. We're here to be broken. We're here to be remodeled. Yeah. The master carpenter is the Lord. He's perfect at remodeling. Yeah. And for us to be perfected, we have to be tried. And it says, if I can get a little spiritual, it says in Abraham that we're here to prove ourselves. Yeah. We have to be proved. Yeah. And in order for that, we have to be tried. We have to be broken. And when we're broken, we realize that we ourselves cannot do it alone. We have to rely upon a higher power and we have to be better than who we're being. Yeah. That's why broken things love God because they realize that they have to rely upon him yeah. to make sense out of life and to overcome all things. That's what I've learned and that's what I'm still learning to do. And as long as I remember to be broken, I'll always be on the Lord's side. Man, so well said. If someone uh, who's listening to this right now wants to reach out to you and they want to get your book and they want to learn more about you and maybe even ask you a question or anything like that, what's the best way for them to do that? Great. Yes. Um, I've got pressforwardcoaching.com, which uh, it's a way that you can reach out. Um, You can reach out to me on my Facebook and Instagram feeds. Those probably be the best too. Um, okay. What, what I do um, for those that are wondering is 
I help people essentially just do that, press forward. Uh, press forward through their trials and specifically through addictions, namely pornography. Yeah. Yeah. You very specialized there, but I know you help all types and uh, yeah. uh, you've been doing it for a long time. And, and I can see why people want to come meet with you and uh, they leave there feeling like I can go kill any giant too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like right now, Brandon, after talking to you, I I'm a giant killer, man. And I'm going to go kill yep. my giants, man. I'm going to go do what I need to do to be a better mm -hmm. person. That's why I love doing this podcast. Yes. I, I, I want everyone to hear this, but I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled because I get to sit here and see you face to face, share this amazing story of truth and principles and struggle and overcoming and, you know, faith and all that stuff. So uh, you know, one last thing in your book, it's towards, again, yeah. towards the end, you said in the end, no matter how hard my life has been, I cannot deny that all of this has made me a better person and brought me closer to God. As long as I choose, and there's that word choose to see my life and my experiences, my challenge through the eyes of a loving heavenly father and a savior, Jesus Christ, while trying to help others see that as well, my life has meaning and purpose. And that's just basically what you've said. So, yeah. Amazing, man. You're amazing. And I mean oh, that. I, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of good about you, but to actually sit here, I, I can see why. And I, I'm just grateful now that I get to know you. And it's no accident that uh, this happened today, actually. And uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for well, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a really busy guy and we finally got connected and we got this, we got this to happen. So I'm so it excited. Happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's a pleasure. And I, you're, I can now consider you a dear friend Thank and uh, I value you and value what you're about. And uh, I love your light and I love what you're doing as well. Thank you. That means so much. And if I can further your cause in any way, you, I, I will not hesitate to help you. And uh, I look you, forward brother. to staying in touch with you and we'll have you back on the show for sure, because there's so Absolutely. much more we can talk about. And, yes. uh, but I, I wish you all the best and thanks for being such an inspiration to so many and including myself. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Okay. There you go, guys. I told you another amazing guest, uh, another amazing person, Brandon Solser. He's the, he's the author of We Are All Paralyzed, the remarkable true story of choosing to live after four life-threatening accidents, but way more than that even. There's so much gold that he shared today. I've got two pages of notes here myself. Please reach out to him. Please uh, hit him up. Ask him a question. And uh, let's 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 push his cause further along this road. And uh, I love you guys for tuning in and believing in me. It means so much. And until next time, and uh, love you guys.